talked in the pre-service about men's advance yesterday and how great of an event it was. And one thing I just want to say, one of the best parts of men's advance to me yesterday was, was seeing how many of our men invited their friends and invited other men to come be a part of it. That was just an awesome thing for me. And listen, what we have today, are, are you glad that you're in church this morning? All right, are, are you glad for the grace of God? Okay, do we, do we have something worth sharing? Yes, we do. Yeah, but seven of you are with me. Yes, we, we have something worth sharing. Listen, this is too good for us to keep to ourselves. And so one of the things I was really encouraged by, and one of the things I've been encouraged by lately in the church, is that, that we are inviting others and, and sharing with others. It's not about the church and our numbers or anything like that. It's about the hope that we have in Christ and the way that God's moving in our lives and wants to move in the lives of the people around us. So I want to encourage you to be thinking. Uh, we're in the season of Lent leading up to Easter. Easter is a time where people maybe that have never walked in a church or people that maybe come to church once a year or maybe just aren't in the habit of it. It's a time that, that maybe their heart is thinking, hey, I need to get there. And so I want you to be praying. Hey, women, we talked about Thrive. That's coming up this Friday and Saturday. What a great opportunity to invite others, to share with others. L listen, th this is all about bringing people to Jesus, pointing them to Jesus. And God wants to do incredible things. And maybe you've never felt comfortable sharing your faith or anything like that. Listen, just here's what I want you to do. I want you to be in prayer. And I want you to just say over the next weeks, Lord, is there anybody in my life that you would have me invite to come to Thrive? to come to Easter. Extravaganza is, is, a, is a good, easy way for people to come and be a part of the church, and maybe that's a, a step to then invite them to come back the next day. But listen, it's too good not to share. So, so make sure you're praying, Lord, who is it that you would have me invite? Another thing I, I, want, you, I want to highlight is we're in the I Am series. I'm speaking today, and then I'll be speaking the next two weeks, but on March 26th, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be down in Florida you know, suffering and swimming and all that stuff. But we have a special speaker, and it's a big Sunday. It's Baptism Sunday. And so our special speaker, some of you will know him. His name is Pastor Bob Mahaffey. And it may sound familiar. Yeah, he, he pastored here for 15 years. And, and so, you know, you, he may sound familiar because he's got the same last name as me. He's my dad and is a wonderful, wonderful man of God. And I'm, I'm grateful that you're going to get to hear from him on March 26th. And maybe some of you have been going to church here for a long time and you're like, I really don't like that, that new pastor. You know, I'm just not a fan of him. I really liked the old pastor. Listen, he's going to be here. And so if God's stirring your heart to be baptized, he's going to be here and he could probably baptize, he'd probably love to baptize you. And it's all good for, it's for God's glory. So, so listen, today we're in the I Am series. Uh, this is seven weeks um, ending on Easter. We celebrate on Easter. These are the I Am statements. So, so the, the first January and February, we talked about the Beatitudes. That's who God calls us to be, who God's forming us to be. Now we're talking about who Jesus is. And he gave us seven I am statements in, in John's gospel. This is the second one. We're in John chapter 8. So I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. And, and let me set the stage for this. So when we read, we're only reading one verse. You're not going to be standing for a long time. But, but this is who Jesus says he is. And it, it would be tempting for us when we hear this because it's kind of a big statement for us to think that this is all about the world Here's what I want you to do. I want you today to allow God to speak to you personally. 
I want you to hear this. So as we read this one verse, and we're going to be reading a lot of scripture today. I won't have you stand every time. I'm just going to have you stand here. We stand because we believe that God wants to speak through his word, not through what I say, but through his word. And so John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus makes this statement, and I want you to just prepare your heart to hear from him. Verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Go ahead and have a seat. So the second statement that Jesus makes is that I am the light of the world. And this is a controversial statement. See, you may not, that may not seem like a big deal to us in today's world, but, but in that context, when Jesus is saying this, he's teaching and he says, I am the light of the world. This was a big deal because for, for them, and, and we should believe this too, light is a big deal. Everything was created through light. And the Old Testament prophecies that were pointing to the Messiah said a light is coming. And Jesus, what he's saying is, I am the light, the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is a major, major claim. We'll talk more about, you know, the opposition to this, but, but it caused a stir. And so, so what I want you to do today is think about the light of the world. Because see, it would be easy for us, like I said, to think about the light of Jesus saying, I'm the light of the world as something that's about everyone else and everything else. When we say Jesus is the light of the world, that's about us. If Jesus is the light of the world, he has to be the light of our lives as well. Listen, before you focus on all the darkness and brokenness in the world around you today, let Jesus be the light and your heart, and your life. See, we can't claim that Jesus is the light of the world out there without living as Jesus is the, the light right here. We can't focus on all the brokenness out there if we're not willing to shine his light in our hearts and let him work. Jesus is the light of the world. He says, whoever follows me. Listen, we have a choice to make today. I'm going to invite you to make a choice today. You can live in darkness or you can live in light. You can choose to ignore the light of the world that's the light of your life, or you, you can accept it. You can allow his light to shine on your heart and live in the light. So, so today, the light of the world is here with us. I want to make that very clear. You may see a bunch of people with you here, but the light of the world, Jesus Christ, is here with us through his spirit, and he wants to be the light of your life today. So, so three things we're going to look at um, that the light of the world means for us. The first is this. The light of the world brings us life. We, we can't have life the way it's meant to be lived without the light of Jesus Christ. What Jesus is saying when he says, I am the light of the world, is he's saying there is nothing else. There's no other light that can give you life, just me. So there, there's a couple, uh, I'm a big sports fan, maybe some of you are, maybe some of you aren't. But there's been a couple stories in the news lately that I think you guys, at least one of them, you'll, you'll know about. <clears throat> but one of them, is, they're about two different quarterbacks in the NFL, kind of famous quarterbacks. The first is Aaron Rodgers, who's been the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers for a while 
He's pretty good. He won a Super Bowl. And every year in the, in the summer, it seems like, or when the season ends, he kind of goes into this, like, weird place. And so one of the things that's been in the news lately is that he's, he's gone into something he's done recently. He's gone into what's called a darkness retreat, where he's just, like, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't, he can't figure it out. So he feels the need to go to a place and spend, I think it was four days he spent locked down in a room in complete darkness. Now, now here's why I'm saying this. I was listening to sports radio last week, not this week, but last week. And one of the hosts that's not even a, a Christian that I know of, he said this, he said, I feel really sorry for him that he's so lost and so broken that he feels he has to go to that place. <clears throat> he has to go to that place to figure things out. Now listen, I'm not here, I'm not here to judge him, but, but I just thought it was really interesting that other people, sports analysts on the radio, this wasn't a pastor, this wasn't any, they said, man, something is wrong when life is so confusing and messed up that you've got to go to that length. And so there's something off there. There's another quarterback you may have heard of. <clears throat> His name is Tom Brady. Anyone heard of him? Okay, we, we've got a Tom Brady fan in the house. <laughs> Maybe a few. Uh, he won a few Super Bowls. Quite a few, actually. He will, he will go down as the best quarterback of all time. Um, you know, that's maybe debatable to you, but I don't think so. But in 2005, Tom Brady, who, uh, so he's, he at this point had won three Super Bowls. All right, so the, the greatest achievement in sports, in football, is to win the Super Bowl. He had won three Super Bowls. By the way, he was married to a supermodel. He had all the money he could ever want, or I mean, he couldn't even spend all his money if he wanted to, and so he's got what we would call, he's living the dream, right? That's, we, we often think of living the dream as like having it all, and he's a guy who, to our world, we would say, he's living the dream. Listen to what he said in 2005 in an interview. He said, there's times where I'm not the person that I want to be. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think that there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, that's what, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life, but me, I think, God, there's got to be more than this. I mean, this can't be all it's cracked up to be. I've done it, I'm 27, but what else is there for me? What are you hearing there? This guy, and, and let's take Aaron Rodgers too, these two quarterbacks who in our world's view would say they're living the dream are both in this place where they're acknowledging that something's off and something's missing. This is, I mean, he's got all the money, all the success, the achievement, he's got a supermodel wife, I mean, things are looking pretty good for him and he says, this can't be all there is. Does that tell most of us aren't going to win a Super Bowl. I mean, there may be, maybe some of you over here. I mean, for everyone over here and over there, that ship has sailed, right? Does anyone, is anyone still holding out hope that you're going to win a Super Bowl in your life? I, I can't remember. Um, someone, someone was talking about an athlete, and I, I said something thinking that that athlete was older than me and then realized that they're like 10 years younger than me, and it was one more reminder that that ship has sailed. <laughs> I'm not going to be a professional athlete. Most of us won't achieve that level of success. Uh, most of us will never make the money that Tom Brady's made. Probably none of us will make the money that Tom Brady's made. 
Most of us won't be, according to the world, living the dream. But, but what those two quarterbacks show us is that there's something more. And what Jesus is telling us is that he is the light of life. Nothing else can fill you. Nothing else will be good enough. Jesus is the light of the world and the light of our life. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. This is talking about Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And listen to verse 4. In Him was life, and that life was the light for all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus came to give us life. Not some empty life that leaves us questioning hurting, the light of life. Listen, the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, his son, the Holy Spirit are here today and they offer us life. The first thing that the light of the world brings is life. John 10 says, I came so that you may have life and have it to the fullest, to have the best life that you possibly can have. That happens through Jesus Christ. We will only experience God's bless, best when we live in the light of Jesus Christ. It's the only way. No amount of money, success, fame, any power, none of it will give you life. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light of life for us. So the second thing that the light of the world means to us is the light of the world illuminates truth in our heart and in our lives. The light of the world illuminates the truth in our lives. Have you ever found yourself in, in, in a place of darkness where you're unfamiliar? Have you ever been in a place, like a physical location, where it was completely dark and you were completely unfamiliar with the place? How did that feel? So our, our family, it was probably five or six years ago, we booked a cabin in Hawking Hills, the whole family, all the cousins, everyone, and we went to this cabin, it's in the middle of nowhere, this great big cabin, it had like eight bedrooms and all this cool stuff, and, and it's just out in the middle of nowhere. And we got there, and, and one of the nights that we were there, the power went out. And I'm telling you, like, there, there was like tall grass all around it, and all I could think of was like the movies where people are coming out of the grass, and it's like, I'm not afraid of the dark per se, but I was, a little, I was a little bit terrified, all right? <laughs> We're in the middle of nowhere. I've got no clue. I mean, the, the house, like, it creaked. It was loud. I mean, if you walked in the other room. And, and we're sitting there in a place completely unfamiliar to us, and it's completely dark. i got to tell you, sometimes our world feels that way, doesn't it? Do, do you ever find yourself, like, confused or struggling? Like, like our, our world seems like, there's so many different voices and things going on. And if, if you're not, if you don't have the light of the world shining truth in your life, you will be confused. I was thinking about a few other things. Like if you, if you look at the media, the media, if, you, if you're watching the news, will tell you that the world's ending. The media will tell you that we all hate each other. The media will tell you that it's, it's just terrible out there. If you, I don't even like watching the news because it's depressing. And, and there's this picture that's being painted. Hollywood consistently puts out shows and movies that show us something that's not real. The, the couples, the people that are in it, it's not real. And we love it because it's different, but it's not the truth. 
social media advertisements show us this picture of life, and it's not real. How many of you love to post your darkest, worst moments on Facebook or Instagram? <laughs> Nobody. What do we do? We clean up the house. Well, I don't do it, but maybe some of you do it. We clean up the house. We, we, get, every, we get the kids all behaving well. And then we snap the picture because we, we want to put on this face, right? And the problem with the lies that social media shows us is that we get tempted to think that everybody else has something that we don't and that our lives are messed up. We see these magazine articles with these good-looking people on them. You guys know that's airbrushed, right? It's not real. We've got all these things telling us different things, showing us different realities. Even the church sometimes and preachers. There are some preachers out there that want to tell you that if you'll just give a little bit of money, God will bless you with more money than you've ever wanted and you'll be rich. And that's called the prosperity gospel. And listen, that's not God's word. And there are some preachers that, that are so busy trying to convince you that, that the world is ending tomorrow and, and we get these different pictures. Can I just say something real quick? Don't just take my word for anything. I promise you, I, I pray over this stuff and I study over this stuff, but, but you need to know the truth that only comes from the light of the world. And if I ever preach something that's not in line with his truth and his word, you need to call me out on it. And if I do it consistently, you need to fire me and get rid of me. I, I do my best, but, but the light of the world is truth. It illuminates the truth. And we are meant not to walk through this world that has all these realities to, just to figure out. We have the light of the world that's showing us the truth. You need to test everything by the light of Jesus Christ. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus is the light of the world. He gives us life and he shows us the truth. Maybe today some of you are in here and, and you're just confused. Maybe you've got a lot of voices in your life telling you different things. Maybe you, you've just seen so many things and you just feel defeated and discouraged. Listen, those are lies. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, came so that you could have life and so that you could know the truth. He wants to illuminate the truth in your life. The third thing the light does is the light exposes all darkness. The light exposes all darkness. Now, we're, we're, once again, we're not talking about out there. We're talking about the light of the world that's the light of our life. And Jesus came to expose all darkness. We, we as people sometimes think we can hide or fake things. Can I just tell you that the light of the world exposes all darkness? Maybe some of you have been living with some stuff in your life. Maybe there's some attitudes or some thoughts or maybe there's some, some sinfulness or some selfishness in your life and, and maybe you're unaware of it or maybe it's something you know is there but, but you feel like you've brushed it under the rug or put it behind, you know, the, in the corner behind the chair. Listen, I, I want you to hear this today and I don't say this to discourage you. I say it to encourage you. The light of the world exposes all darkness. You can't hide. You, can't, you can hide from each other. But Jesus Christ knows all of it. 
And Jesus came to expose the darkness. Now, this is where we're going to get a little bit uncomfortable today. It's not comfortable to talk about that stuff. We, we want to hide it. We want to pretend we're good. Listen, Jesus came to give us life, to show us the truth, and to expose the darkness in our hearts. He knows it all. And here's the problem. Sometimes we in the church are really good at saying, hey, that world is so broken. There's so much, there's so much darkness out there. It's just not right. But if we're focused on all of that and not allowing the light of Christ to expose any darkness in our hearts, we're in big trouble. John 8, so just before, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Listen to the story that happens. I'll start in seven, the last verse of chapter 7. It says, then they all went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down, started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said, Let any one of you that is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. And Jesus again straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. This, you want to talk about exposing darkness. We have a picture. There's, there's two different people in this story that have dark, darkness exposed. Jesus is teaching in, in the temple courts. And these Pharisees, these religious people, they bring this woman in and they parade her out. And she's caught. She's done for. Maybe you've been in that place before where you were busted and there's no way around it. You were caught. She's, she's done. And according to the law that they followed, that she was to be stoned. And so the people, the, the religious leaders bring her out and they say, Jesus, we got her. She's got darkness. She deserves stoning. What do you say? She's busted. But, but what I love about this story, and this is why I say it's not discouraging that he exposes darkness. is His response is, hey, if any of you are without sin, then go ahead and throw that stone. And what did we see? We saw that they all dropped their stones and walked away. They all dropped their stones and walked away. See, they were focused on her failure, her evil. But think about this. The, the worst part of this story to me is that the religious people were using this woman. It says in verse 6 that they were using this question as a trap. The, this whole thing of parading this woman out to stone her was about catching Jesus. How evil is that? The religious people are using somebody's potential death just to get at Jesus. And he says, hey, have any of you lived perfectly? Have any of you lived without sin? Then go ahead. And they all dropped the stones. So, so I said earlier, we have a choice to live in light, 
to live in darkness. So two, two characters in this story that I want you to see. The first one is the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. He exposes the darkness in their hearts. He exposes that they were there just to catch him. They were using this woman, that they had evil in their hearts, and he exposes it. And what do they do? They walk away. But later in chapter 8, they argue with him. They continue to live selfishly. They continue to defend themselves. And they don't live in the light. You can choose light. You can choose darkness. John 3, verse 19 to 21 says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. You have a choice when you encounter the light of the world. When the darkness is exposed, you can follow him and allow the light to change you, or you can choose darkness and sinfulness and selfishness. The Pharisees chose darkness. Listen, there, there may be some of you in here that, that are hiding some things. There may be some of you in here that have some things tucked away that you think are hidden. There's no hiding from God. And listen, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I came to give you life. Living in darkness is not living life to the fullest. We are not meant to live a double life. We're not meant to live that way. And what I mean by a double life is, is we pretend we're good. We put that face on, but deep down inside, we've got something different going on. And we know that we're wrong and we know we're choosing something wrong. You have a choice. The light of the world exposes all darkness. Maybe you'll be caught in your darkness and your sinfulness. Even if you're not, Jesus Christ knows. And we are confronted today by the light of the world. He's here. He knows. And I don't say this to discourage you. I say it to encourage you because he's a God of forgiveness and love. Listen to what King David says in Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Look at verse 3 and 4. When I kept silent, what he's saying is when I chose to hide in the darkness, when I lived in darkness, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, and my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Does that sound like living? That's darkness. That's not life to the fullest. But then verse 5, he says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you, did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. You have a choice. And the Pharisees chose to continue living in darkness. They chose to not repent and not see it and not allow the light to shine on it and change them. But the second part of the story is so wonderful. And that's the woman who was busted. She was caught. I mean, the rules were simple and they were plain. And she blew it and everybody knew it. And Jesus says... Is anyone left accusing you? Is anyone left condemning you? And she said, no, no one. 
And he said, then neither do I. Now go and live, in other words, in the light. Sin no more. Listen, today, Jesus, the light of the world, means that we have life in him. Today, Jesus means we have truth. We can see what's true and what's right. And today, the light of the world exposes all darkness. Listen today, you are better off being exposed in front of everyone in your darkness, in your sin, than continuing to live a lie, continuing to live in darkness. So here's the deal. We're going to respond to this, and uh, the worship team is going to come up. The light of the world is here today. It's not just here for everyone else in the world. Jesus, the light of the world, is meant to be our light today. Maybe there's some of you in here that would say, hey, I've been living, but I just don't feel like I have it. I just don't feel like I'm living life the way it's supposed to be. The light of the world wants to shine in your life and wants to give you life to the fullest. If you're one of those people that's just struggling today, you feel like there's something more. He's here. Maybe some of you today would say, I'm just so lost, I'm so confused, the voices I'm hearing, the things I'm seeing, I just don't know what to make of it. Today, the light of the world wants to show you the truth. And today, maybe there's some of you that are, there's darkness, there's sin, there's stuff that's not pleasing to God. Today, the light of the world wants to expose that, not to beat you down, but to bring light, to forgive you, to redeem you, and give you life to the fullest. So we're going to respond. Um, the worship team's up here. Three things I want you to do. Number one, I want you to let the light of Christ shine in your heart right now. Not, this, is, this isn't some big grand thing. This is you right here. I want you to personally come before the Lord, and I want you to allow his light to shine in your life. The second thing I want you to do, I want you to confess to the Lord anything anything that's broken, that's messed up. If there's sin in your life, listen, don't keep living in darkness. Confess it. The light of the world came to, to give you life, to show you truth, and to give you forgiveness and life to the fullest. And the third thing I want you to do, this is a later thing. Today, you need to confess any darkness in your life, any lostness, any brokenness, any sin, but the third thing, and this is kind of the tough one for us, is I want you to find a trusted, see the word trusted friend, and I want you to confess because we're not meant to walk this journey on our own. We're meant to walk together and lift each other up. So I want you to find someone that you fully trust, somebody that has your, your best, somebody that is following Christ, and I want you to confess that brokenness. Maybe today, you just feel like you're missing it. Maybe you're lost. Maybe today there's something you just need to lay down. Let the light of the world shine in your heart today. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to sing two songs. During those songs, there are three worship um, prayer stations. There's two, one on each side and one in the very back. And those are an exercise to help you think through this. You can walk over there at any point during these songs. I would encourage you to respond and I want you to do that. I want you to say, Lord, shine your light on my heart. Bring me life. And then if there's anything that needs to be confessed, if there's anything that needs to be surrendered, if you're lost, if you're broken, if you're living in sin, I want to invite you to come to an altar. And I want to invite you 
to confess it before the Lord. Let the light of the world shine in your heart. Father, we love you. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for this story that if we are willing to let your light shine in our life, you give us life to the fullest. You show us the truth, and you expose any darkness, and you forgive us. Lord, if there's anyone in here that just needs to come before you right now, I pray we would respond. Don't let us walk in darkness today. Shine your light in our lives. We love you, Lord. We respond to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, respond in any way you want. The prayer stations are here and in the back. The altars are open as we sing. This isn't about anyone else. The light of the world is the light of your life today. Let's respond to his word.